Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's episode is a lovely and fun convo with my dear friend, Emily Derrion. She is the woman behind Your French BFF, a viral TikTok account advising young women on love, dating, and self-empowerment. While she is a financial analyst by trade, for the past year she has devoted most of her free time sharing her daily life as a stay-at-home girlfriend to her fiancé Michael here in Dallas, Texas. It has long been her passion to share her knowledge on what's possible when we decide to elevate our vision of self. It has been wonderful seeing her share her sincere, yet sometimes unwittingly polarizing message on a larger platform, thanks to the magic of social media. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, as it is enjoyable and enlightening. Welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Palacios. Join me as I interview interesting and empowering people, discuss spirituality, mindset, business, and much more. My intention is to always remind you, Your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. Now let's open our minds and hearts and let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Taking Back Your Power. We are here with the beautiful Emily Derrien. I don't know if I said that correctly, but (laughs) thank you. Um, But we are going to go into an array of topics, and I'm so excited to have you here today, Emily. So before we get started, I know this is going to be a really fun and informative episode with her. I want Emily, please introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do, and we'll get started. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Isabel. So my name is Emily Derrion, and um, I live in Dallas, Texas, but I am French. And I am the kind of person that's always um, been very positive about life. And I I did realize in my many years um, working in corporate America after I finished college that there was this sentiment of negativity um, coming from women as it pertains to dating. And I would always give my coworkers and my friends a lot of dating advice, but more coming from a place of self-empowerment, more coming from a place of, if you're in love with yourself, then you will not, you know, tolerate poor behavior because you love yourself, right? So during the pandemic, um, you know, that we all had to go through, which I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that word, but <laughs> please cut it out if we're not allowed to say it. But we were stuck at home, right? We were all stuck at home and with a lot of uncertainty. And I I just decided to um, kind of start expressing myself on the, the topic of, um, you know, dating for uh, women from an, an empowered um, standpoint. And it just kind of took off on TikTok. And I kind of went viral on TikTok after a month of posting and now the rest is history. My, my, my TikTok account, which is your French BFF, because that's who I am. That's what I aim to be. Basically. I don't aim to just tell you about dating. I aim to be your BFF and to really give you the best advice as I would any other friend. So, and here we are. And I've been a fan, a fan of Isabel. Actually, I've been watching you for years 
And it's funny how when something is meant to be, um, it will come full circle as it has today. <laughs> yeah. I remember we have been in contact for so long, yeah. <laughs> you know, just through DM and then, you know, yeah. we started work t- working together and it's been such a beautiful experience, but yeah, I'm so grateful we connected. And so you starting this, you know, as you said, you were working your job and, mm-hmm you decided that you just wanted to leave your job and live a different kind of lifestyle. Can you go into detail of how you went about that and what was the catalyst for it? Um, you know, actually the catalyst for it was, um, sadly, and I, I don't mind sharing this. I just don't want people to, to, you know, to be sad over it. Cause you know, it's about my dad. My dad passed away and I say, don't be sad about it because my dad passed away. Um, after a uh, a disease uh, that is not, you know, um, there's no cure for it, basically. But he was mm-hmm. sick for a short period of time. But my dad, what he taught me is, is that in 59 years that he got to live, he lived a way fuller life than people will ever live. It's like he lived two lives in one, like it was so full. And, you know, he told me before he passed, um, he said, you know, Emily, you really have to do what brings you joy in life. And he said, I think you should quit your job. You don't really like being a financial analyst. So that was kind of like the catalyst. I was like, wow, maybe I need to like move towards something else. And that's exactly what I did. And I understand that it takes preparation. uh, It takes courage. uh, It takes gusto to make these changes because we are in society, you know, we're, we're conditioned must go to school, must go to college, must get a job, get in that job, work there until you're 65. And then you can get a respite. But, you know, some people, they retire at 65 and their health and youth is gone and Mm -hmm. the whole life has passed them by. And I didn't want that for myself. So I decided to just be brave and do something else. (laughs) So I want to talk about the content that you create and kind of the media storm that came about after you started posting. Can you go into that? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, um, in society today, there's this message from the main media, we'll, we'll call them the predominant media that, you know, men and women are equal and therefore women can do anything that men can do. And while I do believe that, you know, women are divine um, goddesses. And of course, you know, goddesses can do anything that they choose to, but do we want to? And that was my message. You know, um, men and women are obviously equals, but they they have different um, talents, if you will. Right. Mm. And. I just wanted to encourage women to kind of lean into that, you know, like lean into what makes you a woman and what brings you joy, as I said earlier. So I I basically started discussing the some some facts, you know, (laughs) facts like uh, that have been proven by studies that women um, will make um, significantly less money uh, from half a million to a million dollars less in lifetime earnings. And a lot of people don't realize that they're like, oh, you know, I'm 27. I make more money than my husband. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that is right now. Look at lifetime earnings. So I just started making content, kind of bring attention to that and kind of like being a little bit like, you know, silly about it, a cheek and tongue, you know, to get the attention of people. And the first video that I made was that went viral was just a character that I played that said, you know, 
I don't want a guy that sends me chocolates and roses to my job because I don't want a job. You know, and I just <laughs> went off like, I want a guy that understands I got yoga to get to. I got Botox. I got a Botox appointment. And above all, above all else, I got dreams to pursue. And it really resonated with girls, but it obviously made some people mad. <laughs> I, I did get that backlash of, oh, you're saying that women should be financially dependent on a man. That's like the 40s, the 50s. and mm. But it's been a year now. So um, actually, a lot of people have reached out to me, uh, followers now, and they've said, you, I used to not like you, but I just kept watching. And now you've converted me. And I've realized that I I have so much more power than I had imagined as, as a woman. And um, mm. just to wrap it up, I basically, there were some, you know, media requests that happened and I mean next thing I knew I was in the New York Post I was in the Daily Mail as you know they you know it was a little bit like you know sens- sensationalism which I shouldn't mm-hmm. say that word because my accent gets <laughs> the when I try oh, to your say accent it, is beautiful I love it <laughs> please say it the right way sensational sensational <laughs> I can't even it was say enough. You know? Yeah, was, exactly. You know, and they were saying um, it was a very popular article, but it, it was just funny to, to see my face in the New York Times, the New York Post, sorry, not the New York, <laughs> the New York Post saying um, how uh, I was, you know, left my job to be a stay at home girlfriend. Mm. And um, yeah, and it's just, you know, I mean, you really have to. Um, have a, um, you have to have thick skin if mm. you're going to be controversial online, but I don't think I'm controversial. I, I think that actually speaking the truth, it's controversial, but I don't think I'm controversial. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we do live in a time where everything is dissected. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't like something that you say, they dive into your personal life. They try to find any little thing to nitpick and you, when, you know, I, I saw your, the way you handle criticism and even hate, right? Yeah, there's a difference, you know, but the, you know, the way you handle any negativity towards you, it's with extreme amount of grace. And that's when I really started to pay attention because I, I saw your content and I was like, oh, she's doing this for fun. Yeah. But the way that you, you know, defended yourself and you were very firm and you, you know, you have a lot of class and grace and how you handled it. It was like, wow, Emily does have qualities that we should be teaching women to have yes, because you are extremely strong, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the face of these things. And us women, I think that we've kind of come to a place where we can't receive criticism or we can't receive, you know, whatever negativity without it really affecting us. And you, you have continued moving forward with it and not, you know, cowing to the crowd or telling people that, oh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I apologize or things like that. You've been very firm in what you believe. Well, I have been, but, you know, I think that a lot of young people nowadays, you know, you know, people that are like maybe like, you know, 16 to 35, you know, because that's still very young. They've, they've, they've just been, I, have, I hate to say it, but a little bit brainwashed to just have that her mentality. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is in life is if you truly are um, confident in who you are, then the world will just show you a different side of it. You know, um, if you're self-confident, there's really nothing that you cannot make happen. And that is one thing that's that's missing, you know, and, and a lot of young people, sadly, they've never had um, the opportunity or they haven't been given the tools to build well, like what I call their house of confidence. I always explain confidence is a house, but you have to build it for yourself. And 
you need to have strong foundations. And I was lucky that I, I grew up in a household where I was taught these things. And the thing about confidence is that it can be taught, it can be learned. So even if you didn't have these things growing up, even if you're in your 20s and your 30s, you can still, or even in your 40s or 50s, you can turn things around at any point in life. And, and I think that there's a lot of, um, in terms of how I handled the hate, you know, my parents taught me one thing, always look at the source. Who's who's saying these things? And cheesy to say, but hard people, hard people. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's a good message to any content creator that might be listening to this. You know, always remember that you should never take, uh, don't take it personally if you get any hate online for spreading your message because it's coming from people that, let's face it, you may never come across in your own in real life, so to speak, right? There are people mm-hmm. that are hiding behind a computer screen and um, there are people that don't have the courage to be speaking their own truth publicly. Mm-hmm. So I myself feel very proud of what I've accomplished in terms of speaking out. And I know speaking out is not popular, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is a good thing to speak out because there's always going to be people who resonate with your message. Mm-hmm. And that's who you're speaking to is those who resonate and those who need to hear it. And I mean, I'm just so, so, I mean, I always tell you this, like I'm proud of everything that you've done and you've built and you put yourself out there and you're doing so many great things, but I want to kind of switch gears a little bit here and go into dating because Mm -hmm. you are like the dating expert. You're the queen (laughs) and you have, you have been teaching so many young women to get into their feminine and to be empowered in dating And I want to hear kind of what your story has been like. And well, I kind of know this story already, but just for those listening, what, how did it start off? You're now engaged to an amazing man. And how has your journey been in that sense? Well, so my journey, I think it's been a little bit different than most girls in the sense that oddly enough, dating and being in a relationship has never been a priority for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll give you an example. There's this lady in Dallas that I've been seeing for a long time. And, you know, this is not a statement about anything, whether a person is religious or not. So please, you know, don't don't like turn off the podcast because of this. But I had been seeing this lady that did tarot cards. So whether, you know, it's a tarot card lady or it's a psychologist that you're saying, I just like the tarot cards. And she told me, after several years of seeing her, she said, you know, Emily, I only have pretty much female clients and, you know, a few lovely gay men that come in. But she said, you're the only one of my clients that has never asked about a guy when you come in. You never asked about love. You never asked about relationship. And she goes, you're my one client that never has any issues. And she goes, I always have to bring it up. Well, the cards show and you're always like, oh, okay. And you're just kind of like, not really that concerned. So I think that I've had a different a different experience dating because I it's never been my main priority. And I do believe that men, um, well, men that are in their divine masculinity, as, as, as you've taught us, they men that are divinely masculine are very curious. They're they're they, they love a good challenge. <laughs> they love a good challenge. Mm-hmm. So if you're not that, you know, uh, desperate for a relationship or to date it gets them kind of riled up a little bit, like in a good sense, they'll want to pursue you and they'll want to know more. And they'll be thinking like, wait, what does she have? That's so great that she's not like, you know, falling over herself to go out with me. And I think that's why it's been my experience that I've, I've always told my friends, if you think that men are great, men will be great to you. 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've lived in Dallas for, for over 10 years now. And I hear so many people say like, oh my goodness, the Dallas dating scene is awful. And I'm like, really? I, I love Dallas men. They're great. I think fabulous Dallas men in Dallas are a dime a dozen. Huh. But the thing is, is that you really have to have what I teach girls basically is the life I live, which is find your passions, be in love with yourself, be in love with your own life, and the right people will come into your life. And, you know, I, I am engaged now, but um, I have had other, you know, um, beautiful and also highly, uh, I call them informative relationships in the sense that sometimes you will date somebody and they're not, they truly are Mr. Right now, not in a bad sense. Like they're put on your path for a certain period of your life and you will get a lot of information about yourself. Right. And then you come out like a a better person. So, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've dated several great guys and, um, I, you know, I met Michael actually, and this is, um, it's going to sound funny, but we actually met on a dating app. Um, am I allowed to say the name of the dating app? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, so we, yeah. met, we met on actually on Match.com. And I know a lot of people um, are really reticent about dating online. And I can see why, because, you know, there's a lot of riffraff. But I always looked at the online dating as a tool. And also, to me, online dating is like going into a bar. If you're in a bar and somebody talks to you, you still have to be careful, right? You have to vet people properly. And for me, online dating was great because I was really busy at the time. You know, I was a financial analyst. And, you know, in corporate America, they tell you you'll work 40 hours a week, but you don't. (laughs) You work 60 hours a week and Mm. you commute one hour. And so it was a great way for me to actually, I kind of developed my own like online dating process on how to vet people and not waste my time. So it was actually a time saver for me. (laughs) And yeah, I met Michael and, you know, Michael for him, it was, um, he liked online dating because he's an introvert. So, and he was also very busy. So, you know, it was one of those things we, we met and we went out uh, to dinner at um, somewhere in, um, in a suburb of Dallas and, Basically, as soon as I saw him, um, I just felt comfortable. I felt like I already knew him, even though I didn't. And we've kind of never been apart since. <laughs> so, you know, he's he's been consistent, um, and that is one thing I teach girls. Um, if a guy is interested in you, he will be consistent. Mm. He will not follow out of communication. He will not be too busy. He will yeah. not be dealing with trauma from his childhood. <laughs> he needs his dream girl. The trauma is gone. Yeah, he's exactly. Best behavior. He's not going to be afraid of commitment because his parents were divorced. This is, this is all excuses, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's, if you set really good high standards for yourself and you stick to them, I, I think that there's a lot of awesome men out there. And I just think that, you know, um, success leaves clues. So if you want to... Um, attract good men I I just think you have to be confident and in love with your own self as a woman simply simply put I love that and going into match.com have you ever been on anything like tinder or bumble did you ever try out those swipey apps no I you know what I think that actually online dating gets a really bad rep because of those apps um Mm -hmm. I've heard so many bad stories about those because those are free apps and um I just think that free apps, you know, when it's, you know, when they say when people pay, they pay attention. And um, I, I've just heard a lot of like, there's a lot of, you know, riffraff. And I think a lot of girls have had um, 
bad experiences with online dating because of apps like that. But at the same time, on the flip side, I've also heard people that say, well, I met my husband on Tinder. I just cannot speak to those because I've, you know, I've, 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 when I was online dating, I did um, Match.com and Heat Harmony, which are paid apps. And I, I just think we need to remove the stigma. I've had girls say, oh, I can't pay for a dating app. I'm like, why? Why can't you pay like, $30 for one month for a dating app, you, you know, you, you spend, you know, um, $75 on your nails every two weeks. You know what I mean? It's an mm-hmm. investment in yourself. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you and I have discussed before, um, online dating apps are not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you will get a lot of like weird messages, but mm-hmm. you just have to delete them. Right. You just have to, um, you know, just kind of like move forward, but it's not for everybody. You know, I know you, you've never been into online dating apps and you still have somebody wonderful in your life. It's just one Avenue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's one way to get to your final destination. It's like, you know, we, there's different ways to get from point A to point B. You just have to find the one that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. We've had this conversation and for me, it's, I've never liked Tinder or, you know, Bumble. I've, I've just seen my, you know, my friends, people close to me on it. And it's just always been kind of like a hookup thing. Right. And whenever you're not looking for just a hookup or you're looking for a solid relationship, you automatically think, oh, well guys just go on there to hook up. Right. They're not there to look for anything serious. And odds are it is because I've seen these basically these studies being done saying that things like Tinder only are benefiting, you know, a few men, right? Mm-hmm. They, they only benefit a very few men. They don't, they hardly benefit women. They won't benefit a lot of men that actually go on there. Right. So it's kind of like Tinder is made for a specific demographic. And if you don't fall into that demographic, yeah. it's not going to work for you. But I like how you brought up about how, if you want to pay for something, match.com it's going to be a lot better for you right yeah or eHarmony was also very good I just just met Michael on on match.com but yeah I I, you know I these free apps it's not the apps themselves as for anything in life when it's free you just usually don't get the same kind of you know results so Mm -hmm. and what specific standards if you want to go into them we don't have to go Mm -hmm. super specific but what standards before you met Michael what were they like well, you know, I think my standards are might come across as unusual because I don't have standards as in, oh, must be six, three and over, must mm-hmm. make so much money, uh, must have this degree. It's never been like that. It's always been, you know, um, I believe, you know, that, you know, as girls, as women, every every woman, you know, listening to this. I believe that we are, you know, I made a TikTok about that. I said, you know, women are divine goddesses. And when it comes to dating, you know, the cost of dating falls on men, not on women. And I kind of make a joke. I said, we're divine goddesses. We don't carry cash. (laughs) You know, (laughs) divine beings don't carry cash or credit cards. So I I just think that, you know, uh, men know what the standards are. Actually, men know that they're supposed to pursue us. They, they all know it because I think they're biologically wired that way. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think you have to tell a guy, Hey, I don't want to do 50, 50. Uh, mm-hmm. I bring other value to, to, to this, to this state, to this relationship. So my, my standards have always been, I expect to be treated like a princess or a goddess, whichever way you want to put it. And 
I expect a man to bring value into my, 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 my life. I expect him to enhance my life because if a man is not going to enhance my life, I personally have no use for him because I'm already in love with myself. And as everybody listening should be, and I already have a wonderful life. And I just come from that standpoint that my life is already full and beautiful because I've made it that way. And every person listening can also make it that way. Uh, so if you bring drama or you cancel a date, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I There's no room for that in my life. So I think your standards should come from a place of being in an empowered position. You know, we, I remember you had a wonderful webinar um, last weekend and, and we did this, this meditation that, that, that you guided and you said like, you kind of explain like see yourself like as a goddess like imagine yourself you know like on a throne you know would would a queen or a princess put up with you know a guy that ghosts you and comes back two weeks later mm-hmm. you know so I think one of my standards <laughs> was also if somebody misbehaves or does things that are disrespectful in the very beginning of the relationship at the first red flag it's goodbye we wish you Mm. well but you've been dismissed (laughs) because my mom taught me something she said if they feel comfortable going MIA once when they've only been dating you for six months and you're not even married to them and there's nothing legally binding you to them how how are they going to treat you when you're married and you have a child (laughs) you know what I mean and they know you're not going anywhere and that always you know kind of stuck with me so um I, I just think that sometimes women don't give men enough credit um, men know who they are and they, um, I've actually had a past boyfriend that is, you know, we're still somewhat friendly. Um, you know, we'll text once in a while and my fiance knows about him and he thinks he's cool. And that was like somebody I dated like a really long time ago, like 10 years ago. And he made a comment one time last year and he goes, well, he goes, I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. And I asked her to move out of my house and he goes, but sh- I'm going to give her some time to get her, you know, um, to find an apartment. And he says, and in the meantime, he goes, well, I guess it pays half of my mortgage. And I was like, wait, she pays half, like you charge her to like live oh with gosh. you? And I was like, he goes, well, he goes, I said, he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, when we dated, like I, I, I didn't spend a penny on that, you know what I mean? For those six mm-hmm. months and we traveled, we did all kinds of things. And I just want to specify that, you know, when I was dating him, he was actually, that was like I said, it was a long time ago, but he was actually at the time in the military, in the U.S. Army. So he didn't have a high income and he just spent all of his money on me, I guess, at the time. And actually, <laughs> I actually like, you know, was fresh out of college at the time and I, I had more of a disposable income, you know, thanks to my, you know, wonderful dad that told me, honey, like, just go do whatever you want and take a gap year or whatnot. But, and you know what he said to me? He said, oh, oh, well, yeah, but you're different. And I go, well, how am I different? Because I'm sure she's, you know, gorgeous and all that, knowing you, you're not easy. Oh, yeah, she's beautiful. But he goes, no, you're different. He goes, well, he goes, when I first met you, he's like, I took a look at you and how you carried yourself. And he goes, I told myself right away, this girl is too good for your BS. He literally <laughs> said, and he said the full word, which I will not. And he says, I just knew you were too good for my BS. And I and he's like, I would never dream of doing that with you. And like I said, it's not based on looks. He specifically said the way you carried yourself. Mm. So, the, you know, like this man who's actually, he's a great guy. <laughs> you know, he really is. It's just, we weren't a match in, in many, many ways, but he's a great person. And even him as a highly intelligent man, and, you know, he's very successful now. 
he just admitted it to me. Men will treat women different based on how they carry themselves and what they will allow them to do. So have your standards and don't allow anybody to, to force you to lower them. Because you're yeah. not going to win as a girl. If you lower your standards, then the oh, guy no. will put you there. You will not win. You will not keep a man. All you'll win is uh, bad behavior and poor treatment. Yeah, exactly. Because that's why the divine feminine is so important. And you know, I'm you guys that follow me, you know how, how I'm so submerged in it. Because literally before I went through that healing journey in the divine feminine, my standards were, I didn't even have standards really. You know, I had an idea of how, because I was raised to be that men should treat you a certain way and, you know, not to give things away. And I always thought, oh, that's like old fashioned advice, right? That's, oh, my parents are in old fashioned advice and they, you know, want to keep me a virgin forever and things <laughs> like that. So I kind of rebelled against that. And whenever I did, not saying that you have to stay a virgin, right? But, you know, uh -huh. whenever I did and I kind of lived the way society was telling me to live and not really have standards and, you know, kind of go, you know, hookup culture, all that it really threw me for a loop, right? I got into a relationship with a really toxic guy, didn't realize it at the time. And it wasn't until I got out of that relationship, thank God, and I healed and I just stopped dating and I stopped, you know, doing all these things that weren't helping me that I realized my true worth and value. Mm -hmm. And it was like your eyes just open and you see the world differently when you really get to know yourself and what you really want and what you deserve. Because if your standards are at the floor, you're going to get what's on the floor. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you don't, it's kind of like lifting your gaze, right? When you lift your standards, it's like lifting your gaze and seeing above everything else. Right. So definitely. And I love that about you and your content is that you tell women act like a princess, you know, be a goddess, be a princess, kind of like that. And then Society tells us, oh, no, you have to be kind of like the superwoman and take care of everything and, you know, empowerment, empowerment, empowerment. But I've seen from, you know, women in my own life and in my family what mm -hmm. that leads to. Right. Yes. And I've seen the burnout. I've experienced that sort of burnout myself trying to oh, do wow. everything, you know, and and that's what I really want to, you know, I want those listening right now is I want to hear what you have to say to those women who have been through tough relationships, perhaps are afraid to set standards, are afraid to put themselves out there and say, this is what I want. I'm going to act like a princess. Maybe they've only known, you know, cheaters, bad guys, things like that. What would your advice be to them to elevate themselves and feel that self-esteem and get to this place of knowing their worth? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, my advice is, Probably not going to be what they want to hear, um, but I will tell you that's my motto, and that was always been my motto when I got online and I decided to speak about my principles, which I think are the correct ones. It's always been with me, you know, you you will not hear what you want, but you will hear what you need, and I, I really do stand by that. So if you're in that position, I would first thing I would ask you to please stop dating. I would ask you to take a dating hiatus for three months. Because um, you cannot start fresh unless you, you yourself are fresh. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to sell a house, uh, you go to market the house, you have to like fix up the house. You have to make sure it's clean, it's well presented, and it, it kind of looks, it, you can even make the house look different than it was when you lived in it. And I think in dating, in a lot of ways, you have to market yourself, right? 
and people will respond to you the way you market yourself. So you have to market yourself as a confident woman. So you have to become that woman. You have to clear out your life. And I would, if, if you're in a bad position right now in terms of dating and you're just attracting, you know, kind of like, you know, what's on the floor, like Isabel said, I just want to tell you, first of all, stop dating and, you know, start working on yourself, but which I know is a tall order. But I want to tell you this, I have um, seen some of my, you know, one-on-one clients um, turn their lives around by, you know, following my advice and obviously Isabel's advice, because our advice is pretty much the same, just spoken different, right? We're just, you know, (laughs) the same, that's why we got along so well. We, we, you know, like you speak of the divine feminine, and actually, I never really used that before until kind of I met you and other people, and I'm like... And I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, we are goddesses. We don't carry cash or credit cards. That makes sense, you know, divine beings. But I, but I just always felt that way. So I would, I would tell you to stop dating and, you know, really start working on your confidence. And I think also that I talked about this recently in, in a, um, a um, kind of course that I led online for 21 days. And I said, you're going to have to get rid of some friends also. There are girlfriends in your life that are actually encouraging you to stay in toxic relationships. There are girlfriends in your life that um, will could actually derail your life because they will influence you to stay with guys that will completely take your life uh, off course. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, during my course, actually, we did it for 21 days. And twenty every day I had a different topic. And it was about dating and self-empowerment. But I will tell you this. This is how strongly I feel about female friendships. I had two days on French on female friendships. Two mm-hmm. days. There was no other topic, even though it was, of course, about dating. Two days on female friendships. I think that um, you need to clean out your house, <laughs> literally, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, before you start dating again. And whatever your issues are, um, you have to fix them. And the great thing about being a human being is, is that pretty much anything is fixable or mm-hmm. highly adaptable. And um, I've, I've seen girls go from zero confidence to literally done a 180. I mean, I have this, 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 this girl that I met through um, TikTok and she said to me the other day, she's like, Emily, she's like, my mom, if you ever come to LA, my mom wants to, you to come over for dinner. <laughs> she she's she's like you change her daughter 180 I said well I said I I said I told her I said you know Amy and Amy if you're listening hello she probably will listen I love that girl but I said I didn't change your life I gave you the advice and you ran with it Mm -hmm. so I think it's very self-empowering to know that you can actually change your life literally Mm -hmm. yeah any woman can you you're powerful you're capable of this so Mm -hmm. um that would definitely be my advice um that would be the first step and it's the biggest step really. Wow. I love that. I think that definitely is everything, especially your relationships, especially, you know, like they say, you're like the five people that you spend the most time with. That's how you become. It shapes your mentality. Absolutely. And, and I love that you talked about taking a break in dating because, oh oh my goodness, if you're constantly, if you're monkey vining, (laughs) you're never going to know who you are. You're never going to know what you want. You're just taking what comes your way, whatever's convenient. And sometimes you have to go through that time alone and within and go within and take whatever you need 
to come out refreshed, right? Because like, I like that you said that we're, we're humans because humans also, we have the ability to transform. Like our cells are constantly dying and reliving, right? We are constantly regenerating and you can change your life and regenerate your life from wherever you are right now, as long as you make the choice, right? Like you said, it's a choice. Yes. Yeah. As long as you decide to take the advice and follow through with it. It's it's really life is not as complicated as we actually make it out to be. <laughs> it just isn't, you know. So yeah. Well, I kind of want to go into I myself. I've gotten so many questions about Andrew Tate's, you know, the manosphere, oh. all that, and I want to hear your take on it. Do you think that you know is it is it good advice that he gives to men, or is it you know what what do you what is your take? I'd love to hear it. Well, you know, I. I've been asked that about him and about other people. Um, what was the other guy's name? Um, can't remember. But anyway, oddly enough, that other guy that did um, Andrew Tate um, kind of content actually ended up no longer. He's no longer on Earth. He, you know. Oh yeah, um, that, Kevin yeah. Samuels. Yeah, Kevin Samuel. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, so when people ask me about him to this day because they don't know, and I always tell them, "This is what do you think about Kevin Samuels?" And I always tell them what I think, which is, "Hey, Kevin Samuels, he's he's Jesus's problem now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's Jesus's problem. Let's let's all move on. You know. <laughs> so you know what I think about guys like him. I actually haven't even listened to Andrew Tate quite. A, I've only heard some quick sound bites, you know, and that was enough for me. I, I don't know him as a person, obviously, but um, I don't even know who he is. Like, is he like a boxer or something? Is that I don't know anything about him. I think he's like an MMA guy. Or, oh, okay. yeah, so like a boxer who turned into some kind of like okay. guru guy. Right. Well, the thing is, when you're a boxer, obviously you're an MMA guy. Like, you cannot do that your whole life, that right. So you have to, you know, segue your career into something else. And I think he found a niche mm-hmm. of um, men that feel emasculated, emasculated men that feel. Um, they, you know, the, the kind of men that like to make excuses, right, for the state of their lives. And um, I think he found a niche with those guys. So mm-hmm. the stuff that he talks about, some of it, I think it's quite crude. Um, but I <laughs> I just think it's a bad, I, I had so many, I have so many girls, yeah, me like, what do you think about a guy that listens to Andrew Tate? And actually, I always kind of go back to, to my own fiance and, you know, my fiance would never listen to Andrew Tate. You know why? Because he doesn't have time. He's busy building businesses. He, you know, and my, I, you know, and it's funny because my fiance is, is self-made, right? Like he, he's not from a trust fund or anything. And I remember asking him, I said, well, when you were, you know, in a different financial position and then when you were in college and when you weren't in the best shape, you know, cause he, he wasn't raising a household that they taught him or where like eating healthy was prioritized. Right. I said, you know, when you were like in different shape and you didn't have like your income and this and that, like, I guess, like, did you like try to date like, you know, women of a certain like standard? He goes, he goes, did I try to date women? Like he goes, he's like, honey, I didn't even try to date. <laughs> he, is, he is a man that's like, you know, and his divine masculinity. And he was like, I have to take care of my own house before mm-hmm. I have something to offer to a woman equality, mm-hmm. he's a man that has high self-esteem and he knows this is the kind of girl I want, you know, mm-hmm. this is, and to get that, 
I have, like, he, he didn't say these words, you know, like he's not into spirituality. <laughs> thinks it's a little bit of like, uh, find a little silly, you know, he's like, oh, it's a lot of mumbo jumbo, but if it works for you girls, that's great. I support it. You know, he's just in that, you know, very pragmatic, you know, mm-hmm. state. but without realizing it, he basically his masculine brain was telling him, I, women are divine goddesses and they should be treated as such. And when I will go look for my divine goddess, I want to be in my divine masculinity and I want to let her flourish. Like he has, you know, let me flourish. And so he, he would never listen to Andrew Tate because to him, it's, it's, it's so silly mm-hmm. because he, he really does come from a, a man that comes from a place of masculinity, understands that he's in charge of his own life. He doesn't need some quote unquote guru to tell him that he's the man. Yeah. <laughs> he knows he's the man. He has proof. He's working. Mm-hmm. He's coming up with ideas. He's he's been he's being bold. He's you know, he's taking chances in life. He's he's in charge of his environment. So I just I think that people like Andrew Tate, they they've found a niche of um men that have a victim mentality. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's the US. A business is a business. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will. You know, I of course I don't think that pe- I, I wouldn't recommend that girls date guys. I, I think a, I think a guy that listens to such material it says a lot about his personality, mm-hmm. and uh, he's definitely not a man in his divine masculinity if that's the kind of content he consumes. So yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the divine masculine is about protection, yeah. cherishing and all that. And his, his content is not to be like, Oh, women should be treated well, treated like this. No, it's like, Oh, women think they're blah, blah, blah. And they think yeah. that, blah, blah, you know, it's, it's very negatively spun. Like I've seen, I've seen a lot of his content because I I've, I've gotten so much questions about it. And I actually came across him years ago because for some reason, a lot of those manosphere videos were being recommended to me. So I kind of oh got, yeah, I got into like that red pill community, just watching it, you know, and all the stuff that they would say. And it's obvious it's catered towards guys who've been probably they're heartbroken, they're wounded mm-hmm. and they need to heal. Everyone yeah. needs to heal. You know, everyone has something they've got to heal from. They've got to deal with because that's going to affect your relationships. And I wish there was a man out there talking about healing, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like a guy with like Andrew Tate, he has such a big platform. He could use it for so much good, but of course he's doing it to promote himself and, you know, make money and, and prey on the wounds of, you know, young men. But you're so right about, you know, like your fiance, he wasn't in that world. He wasn't thinking about that because a man in his masculine, he's focused on him. He's focused on his journey, on his money, on his his trajectory and he's not really looking for women, if that makes sense. You know, he's not really in that place, like trying to hustle or, you know, whatever he's in, he's in his world. And I think that's something that women don't, they don't focus on when they're dating. They're kind of looking at, Oh, you know, who has this, who has that, but they're not really paying attention to this man's energy. What's his energy like? What's he doing? What is his daily life? Like what's his routine? And that will tell you everything you need to know about a man. Doesn't matter who's in his phone. Doesn't matter any of that. Just seeing what his energy is like around yeah. you, how he yeah. carries himself, tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. And, you know, on the topic of social media, I always, you know, notice that like men that are in their divine masculinity, when they go on social media, first of all, they're not on social media a whole lot because they're <laughs> living their life in real life. 
Yeah, my fiance had no social media. He still doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, My fiance had, he had one Instagram that's private with like two friends on it. And when you go on it, it's all about sports. It's about investments. It's, it's nothing to do like with really entertainment. It's, it's more like consuming a little bit of content or like getting news, so to speak, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not really men that are like spending all our time listening to podcasts about how to treat women. I mean, it says a lot about them. Like if you're listening, I'm I'm all about podcasts. I think podcasting is great, but like a a quality man should be listening to podcasts about, you know, how to start a business, you know, how, Mm -hmm. how to, how to um, create more wealth, more investments, how to, you know, or maybe like, you know, if somebody's religious, the religious podcast as they pertain to their own faith, things like that, not listen to some guy that's obviously pandering to to the wounds of, of those men. So mm-hmm. it is sad because I think a lot of men um, maybe haven't had the right, you know, male, um, the right male examples in their lives. There's a lot of young men that are, you know, 21, 22, and they're easily impressed by somebody Mm -hmm. like Andrew Tate. And the bottom line is it's listening to this kind of content is not going to help those young men have a positive and successful life. Yeah. Not, um, and I think it's, like you said, it says a lot how how they care, how, what they do with their day to day. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of want to go into the idea of hypergamy, right? Mm-hmm. I think especially those kind of men that are in the manosphere, red pill, whatever, they'll be like, oh, you're a hypergamist. You just date men with money or you just want men of standards of a certain status, whatever. Um, so people would look at your content and be like, oh, she's a hypergamist. She just likes men with money, right? Yeah. Um, what would you yeah. say to that? And, and would you consider yourself a hypergamous, whatever? The term. Yeah, whatever that means. So that's <laughs> actually a really interesting question. The first time the media got in touch with me for an interview, it was actually a BuzzFeed. And, you know, they I, I did an interview on the phone with one of their journalists from London, uh, UK. And she started to talk about, you know, hypergamy. What I, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, let me stop you right there. I, I had actually, as I just want to say for the record, since, you know, they're fact checkers and all that. I, was like, I just want to say for the record that um, before I joined TikTok, I had never heard my entire life the term hypergamy, like not even in French, right? French is, is my native language, but I've never heard that term. Actually, when I first saw it, I was like, what on earth is that hypergamy? I literally had to look it up. I, I, from the word hyper and, and gamia, I, I assumed, but I was like, what is this everybody's talking about? So I actually don't believe in hypergamy. I, I I think it's a silly word. I mean, the word does exist it's in the dictionary, apparently, but it's a word that was made up. Um, it's the new um, word to, you know, instead of calling, you know, a girl a gold digger, it'll say, oh, she's a hypergamy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no such thing as a hypergamous. Women by nature will always stand, and this is basic biology. This is not me saying these things. You know, if you have a problem with uh, basic biology, I mean, take it up with God, you know, or take it up with whoever you think, you know, made this place, whether it's, you know, higher selves or aliens or whatever you believe in or the Big Bang, whatever it is, take it up with these people. Don't come at me. You know, women, because of basic biology, we are the carrier of life. You know, we when we choose to date somebody that doesn't have the means to take care of us, then we cannot take care of a child. 
And then mm-hmm. we cannot make this thing called Earth a better place. And you said something when you came on um, on the dating blueprint, you said something very powerful. You said, Isabel, you said, and I quote pretty much verbatim because it made such an impression. And you said, I believe the divine feminine can heal the planet. The divine feminine can heal the planet. So, yes. you know, it, it is a very powerful thing, a very powerful thing to 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 ponder, if you will. And hypergamy is is total nonsense. Um, I, I I believe that it is completely normal for um for women to, you know, if, if you're with somebody that puts you in a state of struggle and constant survival, as a woman, you will fall into your masculine. So you'll be two masculine energies in a house mm. and that will not work. Um, I actually ran into, I didn't run into, but I, I'm, I met a person one time who happened to be a young man in his early thirties, I guess. And he, he told me he, he had been married before and he was already divorced at, you know, age 31, 32. And he says, you know, my ex-wife, she was always competing with me. Mm. Um, he's like, and I realized we cannot be two alphas in one house. Yeah. <laughs> and now he was remarried to a girl who uh, is very feminine. And she, he says, he says, he goes, she works for my business. And, but her priorities are home. And he said to me, you know what he said to me? This was so powerful. He says, I'm building a very successful business. And he says, my mom sometimes worries and he says, mom, why do you worry about my wife? And he goes, well, honey, because you're building a very successful business. And you don't have a prenup. And what if she leaves you? And you know what mm. he told her? He goes, mom, she's been so instrumental to making this happen by being a feminine wife. He goes, if she leaves me and she takes half, he goes, that is way more than I would have ever had without her. Mm-hmm. He's like, she's the key to my success. So he goes, mm-hmm. if that were to happen, he would let her take half because the half I'm left with is way more than I would have created without her. And I thought like, whoa, this is like, <laughs> this is really something, right? Yeah. So I think these, these, these terms, hypergamy, and th- there's not such thing as hypergamy. If you're a woman, you are, you can go anywhere you want in society. There, there's nothing stopping you. You know, the reason why men uh, build the highest buildings, the, the reason why, you know, they create all the things they create, the businesses and I mean, you know, all the things that they do is for women. They want to have better <laughs> women. Literally, my, my grandfather taught me that. And I've asked the questions to guys that I've dated before. I said, do you think that men would be so motivated to like, you know, kind of create so many things if it wasn't for women? They've all said the same thing. No, if there were no women, we wouldn't care about money or establishing resources, resources for, for, for you know, our dream girl. He says, we'd just be living in a hut. Yeah. Wearing shorts and uh, just, you know, eating whatever. And we wouldn't care because there are no women. So women are the driving force. Uh, we carry life, but we drive life also. Yeah. So we're, that's who we are. We're that's why, <laughs> yeah, that's why we're going to heal the planet. That's yes. why we, because we have Hyper- so much power. <laughs> it is. Hypergamy is, is a scam, really. It's, it's another yeah. scam, if you ask me. That's what it's, I think. It's just it. another, it's just another way to disempower and label. Yeah women, you know, because at the end of the day, women, like you said, it's all biological. Whenever, like I just went through pregnancy a year ago and it, it really takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your mental health. And I can only imagine, and I know so many women who right after they give birth, they go back to work and 
I had that conversation with my fiance and I said, you know, he, he, we didn't even have the conversation. Like yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was a no brainer that I yeah. don't have to go back to work and he's working and taking care of everything, you know, and, As and he what, should, huh? yeah, exactly. And it's not a bad thing. And I've had people kind of try to make me feel like that's a bad thing. And I'm like, no, being a mother and having a child is like 20 jobs, <laughs> you know, and raising that baby. And it's not a bad thing for me to want to take a break and, and have a maternity leave for however long I want. But, but it's not, not even a break. With that. Exactly. It's not a, it's break. Not a break. break. Thank you. <laughs> it's not a break. It's like a, a job that it's a 24 seven job. And, and actually on that topic, I, I actually, you know, I am child free by choice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't, I, I think motherhood is a very beautiful calling, but I don't think it's a calling that everybody receives. Mm-hmm. And I've never received that calling and I, you know, I believe that everybody has a different calling in life. And I think it's important also to have a family if you really want one like you did, like you knew you had the calling. Like you, You've mm-hmm. talked about that, how, you know, you always knew you wanted a family, right? Well, I think it's also okay to know you don't want one or you want something different. And I think that's just something that young women should think about, never to feel pressured and also if you're a young woman who wants a family, don't feel pressured not to have one. <laughs> On the flip side, you exactly. know, um, I, I, I've seen so many girls say, well, I'm 25 and I know I want to get married. And I want kids ASAP. That's what I want. And I'm like, well, go get that if that's what you want. Right. But I just want to say briefly, having worked in corporate America, if you're a young woman listening to this and you think that you will be OK giving birth and going right back to work after I just want to warn you that I have seen so many girls having to go back to work, like, you know, within two months of, of giving birth. And I've seen them cry at their desk mm. uh, from the anxiety of leaving their babies along. They, they've all told, they've all told me there was this instinct, this very normal biological mm. instinct that kicked in and I was bonded with my child and I had to leave my child behind. And I've had so many girls also like actually I've seen them leave their jobs. They're, they said, you know, me and my husband were not prepared for me not to work. But because, you know, the, the guy kind of like, you know, seeing his wife pregnant and having a child, it, it made him like spring into his, his, his masculinity. And he said, we'll make it work somehow. So it's just a warning. Don't think that because you see people go back to work right away. And if you live in a country where, you know, there's government sponsored maternity leave, which is great. I, I've lived in those countries and the same happens. You're not sponsored to stay home for 18 years. You know, you're yeah. sponsored to maybe stay home for a year. And I've seen the same girls that after a year of being home, they want to continue being there. Like, are you going to want to like not be with your little baby? And when she's two, no, you'll want to be there even more. Yeah. She's two, she's walking. She's starting to talk like you don't want to. So I'm just saying like, if you want to go back to work because you do want to, by all means, you know, that's what real feminism is about. Like being a feminist means empowering every woman to follow her own choices mm, but man. you know just keep that in mind that you're always better off being with a man who can give you that latitude mm-hmm. um because let's face it even you Isabel I think you talked about that how you your pregnancy you, you were sick a lot like morning sickness mm. so how are you terrible. supposed to go to work exactly. so like, imagine if you had had to go to work like how miserable that would have been you're in the bathroom yeah. in the office throwing up it's just, you know, yeah. basic biology girls. That's all I'm asking you to do. And like yeah. I said, don't shoot the messenger. And if you don't like it, like, you know, take it up with the creator, whoever he or she. <laughs> don't, don't come at me. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And thank you for going into that, especially 
for women who, if you don't feel the calling to be a mother, it's okay. Like that, that being a mother doesn't make you more or less feminine, more or less worthy. It's, it's just a choice that we make and that we decide to go down and it's a journey. So if your calling is like Emily and Emily, like you said before in the uh, dating blueprint that you have many children, right? You're a mother to many. And that's that's so beautiful because you're able to give your energy to so many people because you're not like me and I'm dealing with, you know, well, one mean, year old. We all have a different calling. And um, it's true. If I had a child, I, I would not be able to, you know, be as present and in mm-hmm. social media. And um, yeah, just just follow your calling and don't let society to do otherwise, whether it's having a family or no family. Great. Yeah, totally agree. And before we wrap up, I can talk to Emily for hours, honestly. (laughs) We could talk about so many different things because we agree on so many, even though we seem like we're completely different, we agree on so many different things and we can talk about, and we don't agree on everything, but I love hearing what you have to say. But just to wrap things up, I always ask my guests to leave one piece of advice for everyone listening or anyone listening. What would it be? Um, my one piece of advice would be the only true love affair you will lo- you will have in your life is with yourself. It's the only love affair that starts at birth and ends when we leave our body. Mm-hmm. So to li- to really truly live a fulfilling, meaningful, and you know have a transformative human experience, you must be in love with yourself and. If you haven't fallen in love with yourself yet, start dating yourself. <laughs> you know, take some time off, take yourself on dates and learn who you are because you cannot expect a man to really fall in love with you unless you already love yourself. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I I would never go see a dentist that told me, well, you know, I'm not the best dentist there is and I'll I'll try my best and hopefully (laughs) nothing bad happens. No, what a dentist is going to tell me. No, listen, this practice is the top practice. I know what I'm doing and, you know, being in love with yourself gives you confidence. And I think in society, sadly, a a lot of young people, including men, you know, I'm I'm sure you've got, you know, men listening also they they've been taught that confidence uh, makes you a bad person they, they've been taught that confidence means being cocky that's mm-hmm. not true you can be in love with yourself and be confident and be a very humble person and be a loving person um you're just not going to find love unless you're in love with yourself so remember that you are your own greatest love affair beautiful thank you so much emily that such a beautiful podcast and i'm so excited i'm actually going to be doing round two on the dating blueprint so i'm going to leave all that information on the description of this podcast so you guys can go see emily emily where can everyone find you uh well i am on uh i am my handle is your french bff so i'm at your french bff on tiktok um if you're not on TikTok, I am on YouTube also um, at your French BFF also and uh, same on Instagram. So um, and actually I um, it's one of my goals for 2023 to um, I have I have a few probably like 30, 40 videos um, on YouTube and I've been posting some of my shorts also. But it's one of my goals to return uh, to YouTube and uh, in more of a uh, regular basis and to kind of segue 
you know, my, my get back to dating and self-empowerment on YouTube. So yeah, at your French BFF everywhere. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Emily. And thank You're you welcome. everyone for listening and go ahead and follow Emily and go see all her content. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of taking back your power. I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.